Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, hello, hello. This is Sandy. And I am so glad you're here with us today at Last First Date Radio. I am the founder and the chief love officer at lastfirstdate.com. I am a dating coach for women over 40, and I also help men over 40 to find love, the few men who are brave enough to come to me. So I want to thank you again for joining us today. Last First Date Radio really is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. And I have a fabulous guest coming up today. I'm going to be speaking with Bo Henderson about how to live a rich life and talk with your partner about money. This is such an important topic because money is a big cause for disagreements and even divorce. Uh, People argue about money all the time, and it does not have to be that way. So I am so excited to have Bo here with us, and he's going to come on in just a few minutes. Before he comes on, I just wanted to say that I love helping women who are successful in every other part of their lives, but not in their dating lives. And so often I find that people have dignity and self-worth in other areas of their lives, say in, in the workforce and with their friends, but when it comes to relationships, they often give up their self-worth, and that breaks my heart, um, and which is why I, I really love doing the work I do because when somebody believes in themselves and truly honors and values themselves, they attract their most aligned partner. And I also want you to know that I am divorced. I was married for 23 years, and After my divorce, I learned the hard way how to become the confident person that I am and to learn to recognize the qualities in a person that are most suited to me, which is something that's really important, and also to really understand the mistakes that I was making so that I could help my clients stop making the mistakes that they're making. And often it's it's just a mistake that you don't even realize you're making because you're too close to the situation. And because of that, I have taken all the research that I have done and compiled a free report for you, and it's about the three top mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around with with actions and tasks, and they will help you to find lasting love. So this is my gift for you. I would love to have you have a copy of the top three mistakes. Just go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my home page. I also want you to know that I have a Facebook group. It's totally free. It's a closed private group for women over 40. And we have about 200 members now. And the conversation there is so lively and really juicy about any topic related to dating and relationships over 40. And what's great about this group, and I'm I'm getting such positive feedback, is that this is a safe space to get good 
support and good advice. Often people do not have a good place to go for advice and support that actually supports them. So if you end a relationship, you don't just need your friend to say that person was a jerk. You also want to learn from the situation. And that's what I do with the women in the Facebook group, and it's called Your Last First Date. So I invite you to come over to Your Last First Date and ask to join, and I will approve you if you are a woman over 40. Okay, so now we are going to meet our guest, Bo Henderson. He is a financial advisor, a syndicated radio host, and a best-selling author. He writes and speaks internationally, and he helps people create success with both money and life. He has a new book out. It's called The Rich Life, 10 Investments for True Wealth, and it can be found at richlifebook.com. Welcome to the show, Bo. Hey, Sandy, I'm excited to be on Last First Date. You want to talk about a topic that can help us all be more successful in relationships. It's communicating about our money. Oh, yes. I agree. And I before we get to the money talk, I, I just want you to spend just a minute or two defining what your definition of a rich life is, and then we can get into the into the money. Sure, absolutely. So so the rich life and that's a brand and, and a mission I've been building for the last eight years and counting and after spending almost a decade in just focusing on the money side of business and, and life as uh, a goal, I realized that so many people out there, myself included, we were just, I was just kind of playing roles, roles of an employee, a spouse, a uh, student, a parent, whatever that means, and I was sleepwalking through life, and I saw people, other people sleepwalking through life, and that really it just broke my heart. And and for the last eight years, I've been on a mission to help people get crystal clear on what it is that makes your life meaningful. What is that thing that really lights you up? Then let's go back and let's use your money as a tool to move towards that. And for me personally, that's kind of my definition of a rich life. It, I'm able to do the things I, I do by helping people get clear on that and seeing them move towards their goals. Beautiful. Yeah, it's not it's not one-dimensional. We have to have a balanced life and live purposefully. Um, so I, I couldn't agree with you more. This is really my mission as well. So this is what I love about, about you, Bo, um, and your mission. <clears throat> so let's talk about why it's so important for couples to talk about money. <clears throat> well, you know, I, Sandy, I, what I've seen in in having the opportunity to sit down with over 3,000 couples now over the last 15 years in one form, whether it's, it's kind of a coaching, a financial planning setting, one, one fashion or other. And uh, I realize for a lot of us, we're brought up to only talk about money when it's in a, a situation with a negative context, when it's stressful, and, and guess what happens? We fight, and or, or money's money. We saw money do something bad in our families with our parents, or or you've seen it cause divorces, and that's that's when it really opened my eyes. I, I looked, at, I saw a, a study um, from Utah State, a guy named Jeffrey Dew, uh, and it and it showed that out of all kinds of talking about uh, issues with in-laws, fights over sex, fights over money, money fights were the number one predictor of divorce um, out of all those things. 
And what I realized is if we could just really put money in its proper place, that it's just a tool, and we all have to use it. We can't get away from it. We have to use it to to live. And if we can put it in its proper context and use it as a tool to live and it's just something we talk about, then it kind of takes away that power and that energy and that negative uh, power that, that we tend to give it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think that what a lot of people do is they, they associate emotions to money. Right. And um, I've seen it in my own family um, where – um, my mother is what had gotten married for the second time, and there was a lot of confusion about second marriage and what the stepchildren wanted when when her husband was going to die, and, and that there were so many arguments that did not have to take place. And you know, to me, I could see it from a non-emotional point of view, and I saw from her point of view, it was purely emotional. And right. the stress that it caused her was just so unnecessary, in my opinion. So so let's talk about the five conversations every couple must have about money. So what are those conversations? Well, and that's the key, is we just need to talk about money like we talk about anything else. And that, that kind of diffuses a lot of that power because it's not only reserved for those stressful, negative times. In the first place, and it might be the hardest, it probably is the hardest, because I found only about one out of 20 people do this, and it's conversation one, I call it let's get real. Or uh, if I want to put it in like a tagline, it's you have to be real to live rich. And if you're going to be, be coming together with another person, we need to get crystal clear on exactly where we're starting. You know, what's coming in, what's going out, what do I own and what do I owe? Uh, maybe the main question here, Sandy, is where are we now? Because mm-hmm. if we don't if we don't get to that place of of what's going on, we we tend to make assumptions, and it shows back up later as surprises if it's not if we didn't have that hard conversation of where are we starting, what's the basis of where we're starting from, good or bad. If we have the real the real place we're starting from, we can move forward and come up with a plan to get to where we want to go. But so many times people never do that that clarity step, and that's conversation number one is let's have a real honest conversation about where we are right now. Mhm. So take out the numbers, just just get really clear what's coming in, what's going out, where are we now? That's right. That's right. What do I own? What do I owe? You know, mm-hmm. think of a think of a new relationship's good and then then you get get a year into it and you find out there was $100,000 of debt you didn't know about. You think that's going to surprise some people? You yeah. Know? So so it's just, it's just being real yeah, it's just being really really honest. And um, well, yeah. and, that's, that, and you that's mentioned hard debt. debt mm-hmm. Can I just just talk about debt for a minute? Because that's that comes yes. up in relationships, and especially as you're getting to know somebody. And in this demographic of people over forty who are dating or in relationships, um, so I dated somebody who had debt, and he was honest about it. And um, and I and he said he was working on it. Now, to me, that was the most important thing, that he was aware of it, that he was honest about it, that he was working on it. Turned out he wasn't working on it. Um, He would make these tiny, tiny little steps, but he really wasn't doing anything about it. And that, to me, was a huge deal breaker. The fact that not only was he not working on it, but he was spending money he didn't have. And that made me feel really unsafe. And so... You know, so is that an indicator, you know, watching how somebody handles their money, um, you know, 
is that something that could be changed? I mean, where, how do you feel about that? Yeah, well, it's an indicator of the buy-in because one thing, what you stated there, that usually people are okay with that. Uh, I think we tend to build all that with – there's a lot of times guilt um, emotions around money, so we might be hesitant to share what the real situation is, which makes this, this first conversation hard. But what I found is when somebody will actually honestly up front say that and, and let somebody know, again, the surprises are what tend to blow up a relationship is when, when, when something's not disclosed, it feels like you were lied to pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but your key is then, then I think when, when you're having these conversations, it's not just having it once, it's talking about money on a regular basis. Uh, I like right. to have couples, couples, once they get to a point, I know you don't want to do this on your first date, obviously, well, <laughs> uh, but once you get no. to a point where you're serious, um, I like monthly. Let's just touch base and see where we are. Where we at? Where's the reality on our on our money, our, our financial statements, and where are we in in relationship to our goals? And then it's just it can be a thirty minute check in, but that's where you see the seriousness and the buy in of somebody. Like like in the scenario you gave, uh, Sandy, it, it it's more like he might have said something, but I don't know that his buy in was where his promise might have been. Right, so I did do check-ins, and I, um, mm-hmm. and that that's where you know we, it was a couple months in where I saw that some, nothing was really changing, and that that was the, where I just said I'm done. Uh, I mean, it right. wasn't just one thing, but that was that was big. Like you know, somebody's word, um, also their financial responsibility. So a lot of people come to relationships and expect financial security. I think that's a fallacy, personally. Um, what do you think about that word? And then we'll get to the next conversation. Well, I think I think the way to discuss that is you said a, you said a key word. You didn't feel safe. Now this mm-hmm. guy, he might have felt completely safe, kind of living a little looser and and not watching it as tight. But in a relationship, here's the key: is it's got to be something that works for both of you. And a lot of times, it's coming to a after some really honest conversations. It's, it's kind of coming to a middle ground. I, I, I like to say it's not necessarily. Which way is right or wrong? It's which way is going to work and be healthy for this relationship. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way to look at it. Um, okay, so number two in the second conversation. Well, this is almost similar. It's it's a real con- it's a it's a clarity conversation for me, but it's let's get clear up front about our goals and our expectations, and that kind of ties into to some of the the conversation you were having there. Uh, let's be. Let's talk about uh, what are my goals, short term, mid term, long term, and what are the expectations? How do I handle money, and how do I see, you know, if if I see somebody that that really stewards their money well as something that's very important to me and makes me feel secure, let, let's have that conversation up front. Mm-hmm. So so it's a goals and expectations conversation because if there's some mismatches, it's much better to find and it's even much better better to come to a middle ground. If we identify that up front and work through that as opposed to, again, it'll show up somewhere, and typically if it's not addressed up front, it'll show up in a, a negative situation or in an uh, emergency type of situation, and that can be devastating to a relationship. Right. So when you talk about goals and expectations, can you be a little more clear about what kinds of goals and expectations people might have? Sure. Uh, one, one might be a goal of, I plan to retire in five years, and the other and the other partner is planning to start a business in two years. You know, there, there might be a little bit of a mismatch there. One might be I plan to um, I plan to travel at this point in 
in my life or uh, I plan I really want to stay home and, and help raise grandkids you know what, what are the goals I have personally and, and how do they fit in, in line with the goals you have and again it usually comes back to is there's some middle ground to where we really can make it work for the couple I almost think of the couple, mm-hmm. Sandy, as like a third separate. You know, it's almost like it, its own entity, right? You got me, you, and mm-hmm. then us together. Is this 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 separate? This almost this unique thing. Yep. Yeah. No, I learned that in coaching school, actually. Um, and yeah. somebody once coached me about my relationship with my daughter when I was having teenage issues, and um, and we drew a triangle on the an imaginary triangle on the carpet. And one point was me, one point was her, and one point was our relationship. And it, it's true. Yeah. I think a relationship is an entity. I think you're different with everybody. And, you know, who you become together is is a thing. <laughs> um, and so I like, you know, really looking at it that way. I think it's smart. that, And also trying to find that middle ground because if everybody's locked in at, you know, it has to be this way, you're never going to find common ground right and, and so that that conversation tool what are your goals what are your expectations uh with a couple it's really if i had to sum it up in one question it's it's a really honest conversation about where do you want to go because it's easy mm-hmm. not to have those next step ideas and long-term visions when you're in that initial uh and you, you tell me if i if i'm wrong here but but my experience in you're in that initial excitement of a new relationship sometimes uh, it just feels like it works, and you're not having those important conversations. It might come up and be points later that are, uh, if they were or mismatches, could be problems. Yeah, people do this all the time, and I think as we get older, hopefully we get smarter about asking questions sooner and not making assumptions and and living in a place of fantasy because that's not very helpful, and that's where heartbreak comes in because people right. have false expectations. Um, so yeah, this is all about getting real. Um, I actually had a had a first date yesterday, and I asked him a question about um, what he does in his leisure time, and he told me he loves to travel. And I asked him, "What? Tell me about your travels. Like, how do you travel? Because that tells you a lot about somebody. Does Does he like luxury travel? Does he like to take cruises? You know, does he Does he like backpacking? I mean." You're going to find out a lot about somebody's values around money when you learn how they travel. So right. you can find out a lot of things in a subtle way as well as the direct way. <coughs> now that right. makes a lot of so, sense. It's almost like this clarity, the, the same thing, just to tie this in a bow, that clarity around goals and expectation, even though that's not financial, it is. If you want to retire at, at 55, there's some very specific goals and some very specific things we need to work on to put you in that position. And if and if your partner has completely different ideas, you know, we, we might be mismatching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also I think some people are better at communicating in general. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, I, I mean, even with my ex-husband, we have, we're still working through money issues with our youngest daughter. And to me, I love having it to be clear. Just let's, let's put it on the table. Who's paying for what? You know, I'm willing to do this. I'm not willing to do that. I have the same conversation with my children. You know, here's here's what I'm willing to pay for. Here's what I'm not willing to pay for. What are you going to chip in for? You know, and and then you take the heat out of it. It's not it's not about I'm I'm a withholding parent and I'm not going to take care of you. 
you know, and I think when I learned how to have those conversations in a very clear, unemotional way, because my daughter was dragging me into, like, you're a horrible mother, um, oh. and I had to just say, like, no, I'm a responsible mother, and I'm, you know, I'm doing this because I'm financially responsible, which is a good model for my children to learn as well. And these are these are hard conversations. I mean, talking about your money, and maybe maybe for women, but I know for a lot of men too, that's a hard thing. It's very vulnerable to to, to share that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're taught that we're taught that that you don't talk about things like sex and money. You know, that's not that's not things you talk about in public or with or with other people. You just kind of take mm-hmm. care of it. So uh, so so they're hard conversations to have. But here's here's the thing. When I, when I realized how important it was, and I started really sharing this message uh, in a lot of places is I had couples go from tears. Uh, they'd, be in, they'd be in the office in tears when, when the subject of money was mentioned to three months, six months later saying nothing has made them closer and communicate better than to just start having these conversations about money. So I realized mm. in a successful relationship, if you value the relationship, it's probably worth talking about it, even though it might not be easy, especially initially. Yeah, and I think that initially is a, is is an important ad, addendum that you just added because I think right. when you start a new way of communicating in the beginning, it's not natural and it's not easy, but it becomes easier and it becomes more natural. And I think that you know when you do open up about the hard things, you do become closer. It, that's that's the vulnerability piece that that really separates a good relationship from a mediocre to bad relationship. So, you know, putting all these topics on the table is so crucial. I I, I totally agree. Okay, so conversation number three. Three. This is more behavior. This is this is your behavioral style or your money style. As with all all aspects of a relationship, we tend to be attracted to somebody not just like us. There tends to be some attraction to to some balance and some different things. So when I when I talk to most couples, there's typically someone that's a little more analytical. They're a little more detail oriented. There's someone that's a little more of a vision per, person. Or, or rarely do I have I, it's happened, but very rarely do I have two people that are very similar in person behavioral style. And and why I'm going here is by understanding that. Uh, what you can do is actually talk about the roles you play in your financial life. And typically there's going to be one person that's going to be a little better to be running the books for the, for the relationship. And this may be down the road when, it, when, it, when it's a completely combined relationship. And there's going to be another person that's a little stronger at, at goals and vision and things like that. And the key here is to not let one person take financial uh, the role of pure the whole financial situation. I mean, no, both couples need to. I mean, both, both parties need to participate so that both parties are on board, involved in the goals, and they know what's going on at any given time. Because I've seen that over and over and over again, to where one person was delegated the responsibility of the finances, the other never even had the conversation, didn't know what was going on. Something happened to that first spouse or that first partner, and the other was just lost financially. Oh yeah. That happens yeah. so often in divorce, and I would say um, I could pretty much bet that women usually fall on the ignorant side of the um, of the picture, 
and uh, you know I'm hoping that this is shifting a little bit as as the next generation comes in, but I know that in my I've generation, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been seeing it shift. Um, absolutely. Good, that's good to hear, yeah. because you know, and I I I encourage my children to be involved with their money and to um, even you know my son is 24 and. His father was still running his finances, and I said, "You know what? You're a big boy now. You you've got to really get your bank books and take take charge. And you know, I'll help you. But it's it's important, and it's important to have these open conversations so that there's a partnership. Um, right. I and and totally if you're agree. if you're person, yeah. And if you're personalized one where you just the thought of spreadsheets makes your skin crawl, and your partner mm-hmm. loves it. Let them yeah. let them update the financial statement every month, but make sure you come to the table at that conversation to know where you stand, uh, and mm-hmm. then that way you're involved and you're and you're never never caught off guard um, because uh, you just you just kind of delegated that and didn't think about it. And again, I have seen it shift, which is it's I've seen more and more ladies actually taking the role of that. But I still do the, I do the same thing. I tell the last generation it's just in reverse is. Okay, husbands, you need to come to the table and understand what's going on month to month because if you don't, something could always something could happen and you're going to be lost if you don't if you don't know exactly how things have been done uh month to month with, for this family. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. I think both people need to take responsibility and make sure that they're having these conversations. So, would you recommend a monthly or a weekly what what how often weekly's do you think? Probably, I know you mentioned something about checking in before. Yeah, weekly is probably too ambitious for most people because most people probably okay. haven't talked about it regularly at, at any point in their life. So um, I, I I try to plant the seed for clients or couples to do a monthly. Let's commit to thirty. I call it make it a date night. It might not be what you want to have a date about. You know, maybe celebrate afterwards, but commit thirty minutes mm-hmm. just to, just to seeing where you are, talking through your goals. And it can actually be something that can bring, lo and behold, this this scary conversation about money can be something that actually brings you closer together if you do mm-hmm. it. Your relationship's worth it. And if it's not, maybe you need to evaluate that. Yeah, really. All right. Well, that's, that sounds doable. 30 minutes and make it a date night so you can have fun afterwards. And 30 minutes isn't that hard. Um, okay. Number four. Number four, this is where we start getting the, the things people don't like to talk about. Number four is a conversation about risk transfer. And and I talk the, – these pieces, these last two pieces, uh, the longer I do this work, the more these pieces become important because I've seen it happen. And risk transfer are things like um, making sure for the situation, the assets involved, especially you start blending families, are um, uh, are your insurances covered? Are you, if, if something, what about a critical illness? You know, in a couple, you've got about a 60% chance one person in that couple is going to experience cancer, heart attack, or stroke. Is, is there something in place in your strategy and plan that doesn't have you and your partner run through all your other assets if one of those things happen, which there's a pretty high likelihood somebody will deal with something in that family? Uh, long-term care. Another thing I've seen people just it run through, lose houses, run through 401Ks, are those things in place? I call it, I call it your rich life security system. Are we addressing the things that are likely to happen that could potentially blow up our plan and our dreams, really? Mm-hmm. That's so such an important conversation. I actually was just talking to a friend about this. His mother 
His mother and father had not planned at all for their future, and this happens so often. And then all of a sudden you have incapacitation, you have somebody mm-hmm. who's not ambulatory, they're... There's there's some something that happens and <clears throat> and then where's the money coming from and how are you protecting your assets and does it all go to the state and um you know and even younger people so I I started my long term long term care insurance a few years ago um, and again the conversation I have with my children is I am not your responsibility I'm taking care of myself financially so you don't have to. Um, and I'm taking care of myself so that I have money to take care of me if something happens. <clears throat> so I think that's that's really, really important. Yeah, and unfortunately, <clears throat> a lot of people are coming to that realization because they've just recently are in the process of taking care of a parent, and they see how mm-hmm. it just can deplete um, not just emotionally and physically, but financially it can really <clears throat> deplete somebody. Yeah, right, and it doesn't have to be that way. So, again... Planning and talking is crucial. Okay, and number well, five, you said five is a tough one too. Five, yeah, five, and it rolls into it. And you were almost you were hitting at it. The five is more the estate planning piece. That was more kind of the, your um, um, the risk transfer, and that's a lot of the insurances that you put in place to protect your assets, your house, and other assets. Uh, but the final wishes are things uh, for for everyone. Um, not everybody needs uh, trust necessarily. But everybody needs a will. Uh, they need to have a financial power of attorney. So, so if they can't make decisions on their own, it's stated who they want to. That health care directive, I think you brought up, Sandy. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your wishes there if something happened to you? And, and another thing with this, especially we talk uh, here on, on Last First Date, in a lot of cases we might be blending families. And mm-hmm. it needs to be spelled out very, very clear, crystal clear. What happens to, to my kids, your kids, and our kids? If that's involved, because if that's not spelled out, you talk about something that could be a, a giant mess. Yeah, so it's really, really important. Yeah. I think the blended families become a huge issue for people, and they become fights um, unnecessarily right. again. Yeah, so you know, be clear, put it on the table, right. and have these conversations because they're really critical. Um, so. These are all great, great points of conversation, and um, I'm going to ask you a personal question about your own experience. Sure. Um, what is what? What would you say is your number one secret to living your own rich life? My number one secret to living my own definition of a rich life it would be um, it would be when I found something that I cared about, and and that was that was a mission something I believed in that was that was separate than me, that was bigger than me, that I could measure every day um, when I get up. It, it's not does Bo feel like doing this or doing that. It's, it's what I do today helping move this mission forward. And I'll tell you what that mission is, what, what it's kind of evolved into. It started off with, with helping people live their rich life, but the thing that's really lighting me up now, Sandy, is um, we've been, this past year, we've been able to, because of um, – the, the company's doing well, and, and we've, we've been growing over the last several years. Uh, we've been able to spend some time and go into middle and high schools and do financial liter- literacy curriculum to, to those middle and high school kids, and that lights me up to be able to go to work, to be able to have the freedom to go do that, and I'm hoping one day, I, I know it, it's, it's, it's my mission, one day I'm going to look back and say we got financial literacy to 
exposed financial literacy to a million kids in Millen High School in this country. And that wow. lights me up. So so to a simple answer to your question is having a mission that lights you up. Mhm. Well, that's really beautiful, though, because I think that when you can get outside of yourself and know that you're making a difference in the world, mm-hmm. I can't agree with you more. That is the definition of living a rich life. You're making such an incredible impact, and I love that you're teaching financial literacy to kids. I mean, we, you know, I feel the same way. I love teaching younger people relationship skills so they don't make the same mistakes I did <laughs> and you right. know and that gives them because these are skills these are skills that are teachable and we can really help people help the next generation to live a better richer life so thank you so much Bo for coming on today and giving us these five conversations that people can have about money Hey, Sandy, I had a blast and, and just a, a parting thought here we talked about a lot of hard stuff but the 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 flip side is because you do these things, you can take those vacations. You can retire with peace of mind. You can have these healthy relationships that you help people with because you did the hard thing up front. Absolutely. Thank you. It's a good point to end with. And and you can find um, the book at richlifebook.com, and you can find Bo at bohenderson.com. Thank you so much, Bo, for coming on the show today. Oh, no, I had a blast, and I hope we get to talk again soon. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening today, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.